Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. Film. Review. Caca. 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 <laughs> what have you been into this morning, Graham? <laughs> Dude, I have no idea. <laughs> but here, this is my second cup. So <laughs> hey, I've got mine too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this caca thing reminds me of an episode of 30 Rock. <laughs> Hey, I, we need we need a sign to 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 let me know when they're coming. Oh, okay, okay. How about if I go? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not gonna work. <laughs> People are gonna start wondering what the fuck is wrong with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think we should get started, Junior, because uh, you already got me going. So no, <laughs> we're not doing this. We're not doing this at all. <laughs> Okay, good? <laughs> good. Let's do it. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today, as usual, is the absolutely fantastic Jojo. Hello, Jojo. Howdy, Graham. Ah, uh, we are howdy doing pretty well today. Uh, we are doing a recording a little late for what we normally do. Uh, don't like if we don't tell you, you don't you won't know, but we felt like talking about it anyway. Like, we're honest, right? You know, we're <laughs> yeah, that's 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 how we do. We like to tell you things that you probably don't even care about, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but today, we are going to discuss a Netflix documentary about the life in trials of the late and absolutely fantastic human being, Robert Norman Ross, also known as Bob Ross. And Jojo, I um, I found myself watching this documentary and somehow lamenting that I did not grow up in the United States to count Bob Ross as one of my friends, one of my close friends from childhood. And but at the same time, I am happy to have you because I know that you, growing up, watched a lot of PBS, and I of did. course, I know that you have a lot of stories to tell about Bob Ross. Yes, 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 yeah. I uh, well, PBS was pretty much on all the time at my house growing up, and Bob Ross was was definitely a big part of, of a day in the uh, the household I grew up in. And uh, he was, it was always something that you would put on when 
well, I shouldn't say put on because it just came on when it was on. But but if you were in a sad mood or if you were upset as a kid, you know, and your parents were mad at you or whatever, Mr. Rogers would always make you feel better and Bob Ross would always make you feel better because he just had the way of being like, everything's going to be okay and, and you're not going to have to worry about, you know, the fact that your parents are fighting or whatever, you know, it, even though the show wasn't necessarily directed for at kids, it as a kid, it, it, it certainly had an impact on me. And, uh, also the fact that he had funny hair. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know that's a super superficial thing, but as, as a kid, you know, that's something that you notice. You're like, yeah, he's got funny hair, but, <laughs> but yeah. So, so yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a good show. Yes. And I am glad that there is at least a documentary here that shed lights on more on his personal life. And I'm, I suppose a lot of people have always asked, how come we don't know? We didn't know much more ab about him yeah. uh, in terms of, of who he was. And so this documentary does that despite all of the limitations and, and the threats that uh, they were under. So Jojo... If you would, as you always do, put it into perspective for us and let's uh, go ahead and dissect it a bit. Isn't it? All right. Sure. So this is, it's a documentary about the life of Bob Ross and it's called Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal and Greed. It is on Netflix. And um, with the title, you may be afraid of what you're about to see, but it is nothing bad about Bob Ross. Bob Ross was everything that you really ever saw on television. Um, he was a, a lovely human being by everyone's accounts. But this is the story that a lot of us did not know anything at all about. And I certainly didn't. And I don't think a lot of people did until this came out is how he was exploited for his name and for his talents by two unethical people and their company. And the fact that that carries over to today and the fact that people didn't even want to talk to the producers of this documentary for fear of being sued by these folks, uh, which I think speaks volumes for their reputation. So it's kind of a great documentary in the fact that it's like, oh, phew, he really was a good guy. And then also kind of makes you incredibly angry to know that a truly gentle soul was taken advantage of and hurt by people's commercialism and greed. Yes. Right after I finished watching it, that was my first comment to my wife is that, you know, it gets tiring to hear these stories, right? Of, of people who in the end you wind up finding out that they were really put on the, on this earth and they did, their life purpose. They sort of like accomplished their life purpose in that they brought joy to humanity and created a, a world of hope for people who are, are suffering or going through some, some stuff. But at the same time, on the other side of their lives, they've been, they are being taken advantage of and they've been flat out abused. And, and that was painful to watch. It, it, it was. And I think 
The extra tra- tragedy to me in his, in the case of his story was the fact that he knew that he was being taken advantage of and being abused. And not to say that <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of the time, very gentle people, sometimes they don't realize it until it's too late that they've been taken advantage of and that their name is, is being used for things they don't want. But it sounds as though the way this documentary tells it, that he knew very early on that he'd gotten himself involved in something that was not what he wanted. And the sad thing is that he was, although putting forth this this beautiful content for people who were struggling and also doing it for himself too, in his personal life and in the background, he was fighting and working so hard to try to make sure that the people that were causing him all these problems weren't causing, weren't flowing it over into other people. You know, he was fighting to make sure that his, his name didn't go on inferior products. Uh, he was fighting, he was fighting to make sure that, you know, they didn't get full control of his name and that sort of thing. So I, I feel that that's sort of an extra layer of tragedy to it because, you know, he was going in front of the camera working so hard and, not projecting any of that on his audience or anything at all, but just keeping all of that inside while he was fighting to keep that separate from what he was was presenting the world, which was, I just want everybody to feel better. Yeah, and, and this is not something that is easy to do, one. And second, this was not a guy that was faking it while he was on camera. No, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Like, you know, you, you'll hear him say, you know, this is the, the clips through the documentary. This is the only place I have full control. You know, I, I love painting because, you know, I, I can do what I want here. And, um, you know, this is my happy place and I'm, I'm waiting for the happy times now. And I, I do think that that's part of the reason why he resonated so much with us. Uh, much the reason the way Mr. Rogers resonated with so many of us is the fact that he never faked happiness on camera like what he was going through was was there but he was also sort of able to put it not away but to the side a little bit to say you know I'm going through something you guys but I'm here and let's let's do this thing and and I'm happy to be here for you Exactly. I I think that he found a way to even uh, communicate his frustrations, his sad moments, because when he says, for instance, painting is what makes me happy and this is the only place where I have total control. Yes. If you didn't know, if you don't know, and I'm sure that no one knew at the moment what he was going through, but now that you know, you know exactly what was happening and you know, it feels like the message, you got the message now. Uh, if you were watching in that moment and knowing what we know today, you would have gotten the message. Yeah. Which I, I don't think, of course, anybody imagined at the time, right? No. I mean, I certainly didn't. And from everything I've read and everything I understand, nobody really knew that this was going on. He was, as the documentary says, and it's very well documented that he was an extremely private person. He was not interested in opening up his private life to his fans or anything. And not really, I think, in a uh, I'm better than you sense, but just in the sense of I am a private person, I'm a quiet person, this is what I do, you know, the rest of it really doesn't matter. Right. So I think that that was part of it was the fact that he was so private, um, that he was able to keep that 
that part uh, kind of out of the news or whatever, if you will. And also, I think because his image was being so cultivated, what was released about him was being so filtered by the company that he got entangled with that, you know, they would make sure that anything like that, I think, got muffled as quickly as it possibly could. Because it seems to me from watching this documentary, and I, I don't know your feelings on this, Graham, but it seems to me that the art world, this particular kind of art world is yeah. very, very insular, very, um, I don't know, closeted almost is the word I'm trying to say. When the, just based on the, the interview they had of the other couple that, that would paint flowers. Yes. Yes. Um, that it's very, I don't know. They're all very exclusive. Yes. If you will. Yes. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's an amazing thing because it's it's almost as if like there there is a mafia for everything, no matter how yes uh, how harmless it may seem. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, because what the Kowalskis did, I, yeah, I tend to pronounce it Kowalski. Kowalski. Uh, <laughs> but what what they did is is basically create a mafia to seize a market. Yes, and they did it. They did it. Almost flawlessly, isn't it? Yes, yes, flawlessly, and and without without anybody, I think, realizing it was happening. Sort of very, very gradual, very slow, very delicate touched, and suddenly you're you know wrapped up in bob wire and you don't even know how it happened. <laughs> right, and obviously, it would take somebody with CIA experience to do these kind of things. So, yes, yes, <laughs> this is that. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Before we get into the sad part of this story, I would like for us to sort of explore the origins of Bob Ross first, because that is the word that keeps resonating with me, which is his signature uh, phrase, is happy accidents. Yes. And I think even his encounter with becoming this huge personality, TV personality that brought so much joy to people. And he became known as as a, an artist was, in a way, a happy accident, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so from, from being a guy in the, uh, I believe it was the Air Force. Yes. In Alaska to basically... Yeah, I'm gonna have a show on PBS. It's gonna start small, and all of a sudden, it's all over the world. It's translated in different languages, and 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 I, I think the friend, one of the friends, the older guy, the the one that had the sort of the first TV painting series, or are we no, talking? no, the oh, guy that gotcha. said that I don't want anybody to think that I was his teacher, yeah, oh, even yes. though he went to my course. Yes, uh, he said something that I corrected him right away. I think he said, I don't know that Bob ever realized the full extent of his of his fame or something like that. And I'm like, oh, yes, he did. There's no way he wouldn't like, just that event on, on Central Park yes. would have put things into perspective for him. He, yes. he knew. And, and here's the crazy thing. It sounds like people don't think that he, they recognize that he was a very charismatic guy. They understand that he was a very charming person. But sometimes it sounds like people think that all of it 
of the persona and the and the guy behind Bob Ross was a was a, a coincidence. And I don't think so. I think he, he carefully orchestrated that persona, even though it was a very authentic persona, even though that's exactly who he was. But also he crafted it, didn't he? I yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I I, I he was not he he created Bob Ross, if you will, for the camera, not as a character in the sense of he was acting, as you said, but just as this is myself, but this is me in front of the camera, which is completely a different person for almost everybody than it is, you know, when you're just sitting bullshitting with friends. So he, you know, there is a part in the documentary where they talk about, I believe it's his son talks about how he, or one of his friends talks about how he kind of cultivated the voice that he wanted to use on camera, that it kind of evolved through the seasons. And so he was fully aware of what he was doing in the sense of creating a soothing persona that would be helpful to people. I don't think by any means or any reason that Bob Ross was, even though he was certainly a gentle soul and someone who wanted to help people, he wasn't an idiot. Exactly. He, exactly. He, he he wasn't he was he was in the Air Force. He had lived you know, he'd had a full and very interesting life before this happened, before this TV show happened with him. So he was by no means some, you know, just fell off the turnip truck dude. I think that maybe his faith in humanity may have led him to make some unwise business decisions. At the beginning, trust people maybe that he should not have trusted, but that's not on him. That's not his fault that they turned out to be what they turned out to be. And so because that happened does not does not make him some kind of moron or anything like that or 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 non-savvy. It just turned out that way and it could happen to any of us. So I all of the the terrible things that happened are on them. And the the other reason that you can say that he certainly knew what was going on is the fact that he was fighting behind the scenes to keep his product to a certain standard, to keep his brushes to a certain standard and paints and that kind of thing. So he, he knew what was going on and he, because right. somebody who didn't would just be like, oh, that's what you think is best. Okay, whatever. So, but no, he was, he wasn't doing that. Yes, he he understood that. Okay, you can commercialize my name, my persona, my 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 liking, but if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it the right way. Right. Because the people that watch my show, if they are going to buy products that have my name, they expect that it will be the best. Not necessarily the best in that in a vain way, but rather a quality that matches the person they've come to know. Yes. So, yeah. And, I, and, and like you said, Jojo, he was no dotard or, or moron. He, he was a human being who I think decided that there was something honest about giving people the benefit of the doubt. Let them be the ones to let you down, but not you always keeping... In, in arm's distance just so that you don't you don't get hurt, which is a conversation that I tend to have with, with people all the time. Like, 
it's not a question of you trust everybody, you try to see the good in everybody. I, I don't even think that it's about seeing the good in everybody. But I do think that there is an element of insult when you think that everybody's out to get you. Because the only way you can think that everybody's out to get you is when you are out to get everybody. I, I, I don't, <laughs> you know. I agree. I agree. Angry. <laughs> that's the that's the only. That, I, I mean, that's the only way. Yeah. Um, there's a saying in Spanish that roughly translated in English. Uh, the saying in Spanish goes "el ladrón juzga por su condición." So roughly translated in English is it. It says a thief will always judge according to his own condition. <laughs> so that's the way I see this whole thing about trusting people is that if if you met me today, once I have presented myself to you, even though you don't know me well enough, I would like to think that you not trust me, but you are willing to give me a certain latitude yes. to show you who I am and whether or not you can trust me. And once that latitude is given, then Instead of just walking on eggshells around me, let me be. Let me show you who I am. And perhaps once I've, I've shown you that I'm not worthy of that trust, then you can take it back. Yes. But don't start off by never trusting me because then we don't have a relationship. Right. And right. I think that's what, that's what Bob Ross did to, to these people, the Kowalskis. It was like, okay, you want to do this. I need people around me. You guys have shown me that you are friends. Yes. So let's let, let's give you that latitude. And as you said, the moment he realized that things weren't the way it was, he started taking the steps to correct the the you know the course of things. Yeah. Albeit a bit too late, but yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, he was diagnosed with leukemia, and you know at that point it was um, not leukemia lymphoma. And by that point it was, you know, he, his health was in such a condition that it, it was difficult for him to, to do probably as much as he wanted to do. But again, that's not something that was his fault. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's just a, a, an unhappy accident of life that the timing was such that he was dying when, when all of this was going down. Although it may not have been an accident, honestly, because there are people who once they see an opportunity and it doesn't matter what kind of opportunity it is, if it's somebody's death or imminent death, if they see a weakness or a point in armor that they can get through, then they're going to exploit that. So it, it may have all come down to, you know, it, it may have come down to the fact that they knew he was dying. I, I don't know, but yeah, um, do you think the Kowalskis started out with, with, with those intentions to, to, cause, okay. I think that Annette Kowalski was a bit possessive, but, but I think, was it Bill? The husband. The husband. Was, was sort of like the, the macabre brain behind the whole thing. And to a certain extent, I almost think that if the affair was real, it is probably that was probably his way of getting back at at, at at Bob, like okay, 
you poked my wife. So now I'm going to take you. I'm going to take everything from you. And I'm going to use that wife of mine <laughs> to, to help with that. What, what do you think of that? Yeah, I, I definitely got a sense of possessiveness off of her. The fact that she kept referring to her um, recently deceased son and the fact that that was around the time that she met Bob Ross. And then the idea of them having an affair is icky. <laughs> kind of creepy because yeah, she, she she was old enough to i don't know to be uh, about to be his mother but 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 to be a very older sister to yes, him, I would yes think. i would think an older sister and and referring to the fact that you know oh he came into my life when i was grieving my son and you know that sort of thing so i don't know that i necessarily think the affair happened i i would rather think that it didn't but at the same time, even if it did, I think she completely thought of him as hers in yeah. the sense of maybe yes. this is my son reincarnated or this is my replacement son. Or Either way, I think she thought she owned him. I really, really get that, that feeling off of her. And what yeah. I don't know is, is if her husband, being the very savvy and ruthless business person that he was and continues to be, saw that as an opportunity to for exploitation. You know, I can use my wife and her influence over this man to make a lot of money. Yeah. So yeah. I I don't know, but but yeah, or it could it could also be I could I can use my my wife and this man and uh, get his name because you know he 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 henpecked not henpecked me I can't forget I ever forget the word but you know had an affair with my wife and uh, I'm going to I'm going to take every take him for everything yeah i mean at this point all of this is, is speculation on our part but yeah, I, sure. like I, you kind of have to think that because again savvy ruthless businessman a cia mind I mean, a retired cia mind Obviously, if there was an affair, of course he knew. There's oh, no sure. way. There's no oh, way he sure. didn't know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and instead of parting ways of saying, "Look, man, this is this is where this is where things stop." You know what I mean? Yeah. The relationship continued, but we all see how the whole thing ends. At the end, he ends up winning and winning big. So I, I have to think that there probably was a bit of that. A bit of that here. It, it's a sad thing that we don't get to know a bit more about Bob's wife that yeah. he refers to as the love of his life. Yeah. And she seemed to have been that, in fact. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, you know, the, you could see in the documentary, the, the episode where he talks about having lost her. There's a, a cut between, you know, when when they're before she died, and then there's a cut to an episode where she has died, and you can just see the difference in his face and his yeah. demeanor. And you know, I was like, that that's the face of grief, of true grief. And his very kind thank you to everyone that was sending him cards. 
without breaking down, but with at the same time, you could just feel how hard it was for him to not be breaking down. Yes, yes, Jojo, yes. You, you could just feel the emotions there. Um, yes. Was, was you, you knew how much she meant to him. And the fact that he died not much after she passed away is, I think, kind of a... a if she had been alive, he probably would have fought harder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine at the time he didn't have the greatest relationship with his only son. Correct. And 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 he had the forces of, of the Kowalskis coming at him. It turns out that his brother was a piece of shit at the end of the day. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I think not having his wife around uh, really affected the way he approached the rest of his life, uh, the rest of his days. And, um, but yes, that moment where he started talking about having lost his wife, I asked myself, how the hell is he not just bending over crying like a baby right now? And again, I, I don't know, it was a recorded show, but Bob himself said that the show was never edited. So it's not like, you know, he went he came he became emotional and they cut and then waited and and and, and redid the whole thing. It just happened, you know. Yeah. Twenty-eight minutes there thinking about having lost the love of your life and and having to talk about that. So you know, that was that was incredibly sad and and but again it shows these are the things that we didn't know about. Bob Ross. Yes. You know. Yes. So can we agree that the Kowalskis are, are absolute bullies? Because the fact that a lot of people decided, no, we're not going to talk about this, for fear of, of retaliation in the way they, they, they're very Trumpian in the way that they approach retaliation, which is through litigation. Yes. Right? Because that's, yes. what, that's what Donald Trump did his entire career is bring up lawsuit, not necessarily because he thought he was going to win it, but he's going to make you shed some money because he has the lawyers that can always go to the court and do that, but you have to be able to afford a lawyer. So yeah, so that costs money, and in the end, you're going to just back off, right? Yeah, yeah. For there to have been so many people lined up to be interviewed and then back out, says to me that there was probably some intimidation used there. And also, you know, the excerpts from the email that was shared during the documentary where it was essentially like, fuck this up yeah. and we're going to sue your ass. I mean, yeah. put in a much nicer way, but not really nicer, but you know what I mean? Much yeah. more uh, eloquent way is, is very telling, I think. And there is a, uh, I did a little tiny bit of reading after re watching the documentary and the Bob Ross incorporated actually released a statement and it's an interesting statement. I don't know if you got a chance to read it or not, but what they said is Bob Ross incorporated takes strong issue with the inaccurate and heavily slanted portrayal of our company in a Netflix film. If not for the efforts of the remaining founders and their dedication to this mission, Bob's artistic and cultural relevance would have been lost decades ago along with his painting. So they take full credit for him. Because they're narcissistic assholes. 
Essentially, yeah. So yeah. the the fact that I mean that is baffling and boggling to me that you would actually yeah. be able to take something to that level because they've done shit. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, honestly, Bob Ross kind of had a reemergence recently because somebody within the past few years, somebody posted a, a video to Twitch and it went viral. And then, you know, a lot of people who are younger than me and didn't grow up with PBS rediscovered Bob Ross and were like, this guy is amazing. And yeah. this is awesome. And I love watching this show. And yeah. the the company has jumped on the wagon and is now selling all kinds of merchandise and profiting from this the man is dead. Yeah. It's the idea that they are somehow curating his legacy is 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 laughable. It's also laughable in the fact that there is from the New York Times there is about a ten minute YouTube video that if you search for it you can find uh, buying a Bob Ross painting. You cannot buy a Bob Ross painting, an actual Bob Ross painting. They are not for sale. Yeah. And there is no gallery where you can go look at them. The company, Bob Ross Incorporated, has them in a, what they will admit is a non-climate controlled, essentially just a, a room in... A little warehouse or something. A, a, little, a little warehouse uh, in cardboard boxes. And they let the New wow. York Times come in and look at it. Because uh, someone that worked at the New York Times was on a quest to buy a painting for his for his brother, who I believe was dying, and they still wouldn't sell him a painting. <laughs> wow! But but to me, if if you are truly curating someone's life's work, whether whether he's a great artist or not, I, and I think we can both agree that Bob Ross was not Michelangelo, he was not Da Vinci, he was someone who made pretty paintings that were more of a therapeutic nature than they were an artistic exactly. nature. But he was, and it continues to be important to a lot of people. So if you have all these millions of dollars coming in from those products that you're selling, it would be lovely to have a little museum somewhere with some of his pieces that maybe rotate out with a nice little shop on the side that offers free art classes. That would be the spirit of Bob yes. Ross, right? Yes. Right there. Yes. If if you if you are saying we're doing this for him and his legacy, that's what you would be doing. Yep. Well, at the end of the day, they they weren't ever about Bob Ross. I don't think they even liked the men. <laughs> you know, it was the money. It was all about the money. And why is in in the bad faith too? Because here's the thing: they could have said. We want to take advantage of this, but at the same time, we don't want to create an enemy. So why don't we go ahead and bring in the son and say, look, man, your father was important to us. We sort of built this together, together. You know, we would like you to be a part of it. And let's, it's just the greed is so much. It's... It's very, very short-sighted on their part, too, because as, you know, they could have brought his son in, and I'm not saying that he would have agreed to it, but it doesn't sound as if there was ever even an offer, brought his son oh, in, no. because he, he was a talented artist as well, and said, hey, let's continue the show, and it can be, you know, the joy of painting with Bob Ross's son, you know, or some something like that, you know, this Ross and son, I don't know, but... 
he could have felt that he had a part of his his father's legacy. Uh, yeah, don't rub that from him for the love of God. Like, yes. what kind of people are these folks? Yes. In in like okay, so here we are small little podcast. So fuck you if you want to come after us for, for saying what we're saying here, because like you ain't gonna get shit. Like seriously, I don't make we don't make money from podcasting. We saying this shit, and, and you know what? No, fuck off, the Kowalskis. You can you can go ahead and fuck off. Come come at me because you ain't getting shit. I don't have shit. I don't have shit. So you Literally can come nothing. after. You can come after me all you want, but you are pieces of shit. That's that's a fact, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just like they, they couldn't be content with anything. Like no. that lady went after the whole flower painting shit too. Yes, from went, from the Jenkins. Yes, yes. Are she you went kidding after, me? Yes, she had to have everything. They had to have everything. Have it all. Have it exclusively. And again, I don't understand that level of, and I don't want to understand that level of greed, of, of narcissism, of, I don't understand not, from a business standpoint, I don't understand not bringing the sun in. Because, well, okay, from a human standpoint, that would be an awesome thing to do if you were human beings. That would be great, you know? Right. Bring the sun in and let's, let's keep this train rolling and let's have, a, but, but from, you know, and then from the business, I, I don't, I don't understand it whatsoever. And I felt so bad for his son because yeah. that is a man who is in so much pain and is going to be in pain until he dies. And you could feel the grief pouring off of him. You could feel the regret pouring off regret, of him. Yes. You could feel the, the feeling of failure that he has for himself. Yes. And I, I noticed something about him that, because my husband and I watched this one together, and I noticed that when he referred to his father on camera, when he was speaking about his father, he called his father Bob Ross. When he yes. was when he was talking to his father at the gravesite, he called him dad. Yes. But when he was referring to his father, he called him Bob Ross. And my husband, yeah. and I said to my husband, I thought that was a little odd. And my husband said something that I thought was incredibly insightful. He said, those people took his father's name away from him, so he's yeah. going to use it every chance he can. Yes. He's going to yes. say, my father was Bob Ross. Bob Ross yes. did this. Bob Ross did that. He's like, because right. you can take his name away from me legally, but you can't keep it out of my mouth. Yeah. And that, Jojo, that is the painful thing, the idea that you cannot use your namesake. Yeah. The one thing you have from birth... Yeah. The one thing you have from the moment you were born yeah. that tells you you are somebody, right? Yeah. And if you think about it this way, these people enslaved Bob Ross because the first thing in colonialism, the first thing in conquering, in enslaving people is to take away their identity is to make their identity so yours that when they think of themselves, they think of themselves as your property. Yeah. And the fact that his family, his, his, his surviving son cannot use that name, that should tell you something. These folks are bad. They are terrible people. And 
what's coming to them is going to come. Like, I mean, that's, that's the way karma works. You know, I don't have to wish anything bad upon these folks. Yeah. It's just going to happen sooner or later. So, yeah. So I'm not even worried about that. And in, you know, in current right now, I mean, we didn't know about the Kowalskis really. I knew about them because of the little YouTube video on the times, but I did not realize uh, what they had done to Bob Ross. But that's the thing. The legacy of Bob Ross is Bob Ross. So in the end, he's won. None of us are going to remember the Kowalskis except for the terrible things they did. But people are going to be watching and listening and following Bob Ross for decades to come. And it's down to him, nothing that they've done. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. My hope is that Steve Ross finds peace because, yeah. as you said, he expresses this regret in the most painful way. Yes. And, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a father with an only son, with, 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 a, with a one child, and I know how hard it is to sometimes, especially after they, they reach a little bit of adulthood, to connect with them in a way. It's hard to think how there was a time that whenever your kid f- needed to feel protected, you were the one they ran to, right? There were there were times where, for instance, my son was little. He, um, if you went, depending on how he was feeling, if you went to the doctor, he only wanted me in there. Like, mommy, go out. Daddy, stay, right? <laughs> and there were times he only wanted his mom, right? Yeah. Yeah. But but whenever he needed to feel protected, he, that was it. And then when they grow up, they want so desperately to show you that they are independent. That it, it, it doesn't register with them that all you want is their, all you have is their best interest at heart. And that's what creates this sense of, you know, separation. And by the time they get it, sometimes it's too late, yeah. which is what happens here with Steve, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He and you know he, when he expresses that and talks about when someone said to him, and I, I think it was one of the Kowalskis said, you know, aren't you glad it's all over when his father finally yeah, died? What kind of question is that? And he was like, I would give. He, you could feel so much anger and so much brokenness and so much grief from him in him trying to express the fact that he would have given anything to have just a couple more healthy seconds with his father that it, 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 he broke my heart. Steve Ross broke my yeah. heart. He really, yeah. really did. And I, I hope that he finds some peace through painting, it sounds as though he's he's trying to to do classes again and and start his own. I know that uh, I did read that in Indiana, he and Dana Jester, who was the, I would say probably one of Bob Ross's best friends by the documentary. Yeah, they are doing a a workshop together in Indiana. Uh, Steve Jaw Ross and Dana Jester. So you know maybe a, a way to support 
support them, but, um, I just hope that, that he finds peace. Um, I know that you can tell certainly that he's given up on trying to really make any money. And I don't think that was ever his interest anyway. I never got that impression off of him. I, I mean, make a living, sure. But to get rich off of his father is not anything that I think he was ever interested in doing. He just wanted his father's legacy to be properly cared for. And, uh, you know, like I said, make a living because it, it, it looks like he's maybe living a little rough at the moment. So I, I yeah. hope that he can get some therapy through painting and, and, you know, some monetary assistance too. But he, he just broke my heart because he, he seems like a, a someone who this really, really, really hurt, perhaps even more so than Bob. I have always said that I may not, I may not even like you enough to call you a friend, but if I see that you are good to my kid, you have a special place in my heart, right? Yeah. And, you know, Dana Jester is, is that kind of friend to me in the sense that he knew what Steve was going through, and he he got him out. He got him out and, and, and sort of brought him back to life and said, look, man, I have a duty of care now that your father is no longer here because he was my best friend. So to me, I, I have to do this. So yeah. come out. Come out of the darkness and <laughs> let's do this, you know. Yeah. Let's paint. Yes, yes, that's that's precious. Yeah, I I pray that if I'm no longer there, and my son found himself in in a depressing situation like that, that I have a friend out there that will will come and 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 fulfill that duty of care to him because wherever Bob is right now, I know that he's incredibly grateful of Dana yeah. for doing that. Yeah. Well, you know he has an Aunt Jojo, so. <laughs> of course he does, man. <laughs> Jojo! <laughs> yes, Jojo, yes. Listen, I don't know what happened. We're going we're gonna to tell this story, Jojo. <laughs> we were supposed to discuss another show that we... Before watching the show, we were very excited about. We were very, we had a lot of great expectations. Yes. And we actually got on the call together yesterday, which is the day that we normally record. At this present moment, it's Sunday. Yes. We record the show normally on Saturday. And we concluded that, nah. Now let's do Bob Ross. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so glad we did. (laughs) I know. I know, Jojo. I was like, I don't know what to say about this show. It's not like I didn't like it or whatever, but like, that's not our thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but I'm glad that we had this conversation. Yeah. And like I said, when I, when I watched it, the documentary, I sort of like lamented that I didn't grow up in the United States and therefore I wasn't exposed to Bob Ross, even though, of course, I've lived here since 2004, so I know the icon. But I, as a child, I, I didn't have the opportunity to watch that 
And perhaps at the time that he it, it was being broadcast in my country, the country where I grew up, I wasn't even interested in that anymore. But I was also, it made me happy to know that over the years of us doing this podcast together and being friends and having personal conversations, you've always told me how important PBS has been in your life. Yes. So I know that you would have some good things to say about Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking forward to having this conversation and I'm glad yeah. we've done that. Yeah, me too. We um, would like to recommend, of course, that you watch this if you haven't. Sometimes people watch things and then come back to us for perspective. Yes. If you've already done that, then yeah. Uh, I hope you, you, you found what you were looking for in terms of how we opine on this particular documentary. If you agree or disagree, feel free to let us know. You know how to find us across all social, me social media platforms except LinkedIn. We won't do LinkedIn. We will never do LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> we're not interested in linking or inning. <laughs> Just saying. But across all social media platforms, you'll find Kicking and Streaming Podcast. You will find me on Instagram, on Twitter as Mr. Puzzetta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. For now, though, we are going to call it a day. So uh, thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time, folks. Thanks, Thank everybody. you for listening Bye. to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.